All right, here we go. We're going to go weiter. Daphnun Beis, page 52 of the Hedegim Masechus Kedushin. And we pick up with Toshma. We are four lines from the top of the Yomud, the last two words on the line. Toshma, come and listen. Detoni to view me. We're trying to show whether or not... Oh, come out. We're trying to show whether or not uh, at the time of marriage it has to be a Kedushin Hamasura Libya, a marriage that's capable of having relations afterwards. Is it going to be a valid marriage or not? The Tani Tevyumi. Tevyumi taught us. Lozech If you have a person who's got five sons. Lozech And you have another fellow who has five daughters. And one of the, the father of the five sons says to the father of the girls, one of your daughters should be married to one of my sons. Now, we didn't specify which girl and which boy. Okay? So the problem here is going to be, every woman, every one of the five daughters, is going to need five gittin. Because she doesn't know which boy she's married to. So each daughter is going to have to receive a get from all five sons. Okay? Now, what if... You think that's complicated? What if one of the five sons dies childless before a divorce is given? So now... There's a chance that all five girls are Yavamas. Oh. So now they each need a get still, because you might not be Yavama, but you also need Chalitza in addition to that. Get and Chalitza. Okay. Now let's pause for a minute. Why are we bringing down this Brysa? That's uh, full of trouble, yeah? Because our original question is, can you have a valid marriage if at the time of the marriage it was impossible to have relations together? You're not allowed to have intercourse. One second. If a a man of five sons says to a man of five daughters, one of them should be married to your son. Let me ask you a question. Can any of those couples ever have relations together? No. And I'll tell you why. Because there's always a chance that the lady who I'm having relations with is my wife's sister. So you're never allowed to have relations. But we're still demanding a get. For the fact that we're still demanding a get is a proof that there's a chance, that there's a proof that marriage could be valid even at a time where uh, marital relations is not an option. Maybe over there we're dealing with a case where originally the five girls and the five boys, each one knew who their husbands were, but then everything got famished, everything got mixed up, there's quintuplets to quintuplets, whatever, nobody knows which guy and this. They weren't If you're going to tell me that's the case, but it says one to one. So don't tell me there was originally everybody together. Tiyufta the Rava, Tiyufta, this is an upslog on Rava, because over here it's a refute, because here you see a marriage that is incapable of relations is still a valid marriage. Says the Gemara, you're right, that's the halacha, 
by the six cases of Yal Kagam. We usually pass it like Rava uh, when he argues at Abayi. This is one of the cases where um, uh, Yal Kagam, the Kuf, is referring to Kedushin. This is one of the cases where we're going to pass it like Abaye over Rava. Okay. End of that Gemara. Here we go. Maisa Bechamesh Nashim. The Mishnah gave a story where there were, uh, gave a story of five women. If you look, the, the Mishnah Daf Nunam Abayz on page 50b gave a case where there was somebody, there was five women together and this person was marrying, he, uh, they all told one woman to accept marriage on behalf of all of them. By you accepting this document or money, we're all married to this guy. Now included in the five were two sisters. So we have problems because two sisters can't be married to the same guy. Okay? Um, the Chachamim said, so what was the Psaq? So the Mishnah said, the three who are not related are married to him. The two sisters are not related to him. That was the Psaq of the Chacham. So it says the Gemara. Either, says from this case of our Mishnah, you can learn out four halachas. Rav says you can learn out three halachas. Okay, now let's go through the halachas. What do you see from here? Shmamino, you learn out from this case. Again, five women, one woman representing all of them is all married to this male, one guy, two of them are sisters. Shmamino, in the case of the Mishnah, the guy gave them Shemitah fruit and they're still married. So you see, you could be married with Shemitah fruit. Okay? Ushmamina. And you also learn the Kitsha Begezel in Megadeshes. If you marry a woman with something which is stolen, you're not married. Afilu Begezel Dida, even with things that were originally hers, that you might say when he marries her with this, it could be she's being Michaelid and she's letting him own it from the fact that she's accepting the marriage. No. If you ever marry a woman with something stolen, it's not a valid marriage, even if you took it from her. You know why? Because she's just glad to have it back. She's not saying necessarily that she's giving you ownership. Says the Gemara Mimai. Where do you see the second halacha from the Mishnah of a Makadish Begezel? Since it said that it was theirs. And it was Shemitah, time of the Shri is. The Chiddush over here is that he married her with Shemitah the Hafkarhu, because But if it would have been any other time, then it would not be valid because it was theirs. You can't give them something that's theirs. It was Shemitah, so everything's Hafkar during Shemitah. And even though it started out as theirs, now it's not. Okay? So the first two Allah has learned from the mission. Number one, you can marry with Shemitah fruit. Number two, you cannot marry with stolen items. So let's say uh, I steal a watch. I go over to a woman and say, please marry me with this watch. It's not a valid marriage. We also learn out from here that a woman could become a messenger for her friend, even when it means she's a tsar. Even when it's turning them into a tsar, which means like this. What was the case of the Mishnah? Five women all want to marry the same guy. So they say, one woman, represent us, please. She can represent all five women to this guy. Okay? That's the Kiddush. Fine. So those are the three halachas. What's the fourth halacha? Learn from here. The halacha of marriage being effective, even though it's not given over for Bia. So why doesn't Rav use this as a source? 
He wasn't sure how to understand the Mishnah, whether he should learn it like a Bai or learn it like Rabbah, and therefore he didn't feel it was a strong Rayak. He said over this halacha in front of Rabbi Yechon and Amar Lehmi, Amar Rav Hachi, did Rav really say this? Vuhula Yamar. Says Yomar, what's the problem? Rabbi Yechon himself held to this. Why is he so bothered? Rabbi Yechon and goes up and he says, If somebody steals property and the owner has not yet given up, the original owner cannot marry with it because it's not in his domain and the thief cannot marry with it because it's not his. Okay. So Rabbi Yechon says from over here that uh, a Ganav, <coughs> Excuse me, a ganav does not is not considered to own something that he steals. So why is he saying, "Oh, did Rav really say you can't marry with stolen property?" Duh, you also hold you can't marry with stolen property. I'm surprised. Psh, Rav holds like me. It's pretty hush of a stuff. Yes, he wasn't coming to argue. He was coming to agree. Maysay, that's a challenging question. And now we're going to segue into a fascinating conversation about whether a man can marry a woman with stolen property. If I steal something <clears throat> and give it to a woman, say, I ran Mekudashasli, the bike zoo. I stole this bike. Well, with this bike, I married you. So we said, we learned it's not a valid marriage. <coughs> okay? <clears throat> From our mission. Let's get into whether this is true la'alach. And I want to explain something. Why would it be a valid marriage? <clears throat> because there's something called a Kenyan gazelum. When you steal something, you acquire it, and I'll prove it to you. If you don't acquire it, you never stole it. Stolen means I've taken possession of it. So what does it mean I stole it? I took it away from you, and now it's mine. If it's not mine, then where's the gzeb? never became my property. Eh? Interesting. So So how does this work? If there's a snake, something called the Kenyan Gazela, Kenyan Geneva, maybe it should be a valid marriage. So there we go. Mesve, that's a challenging question. Kitchen, because of the Bahamas of Geneva, somebody marries a woman with something which he publicly stole, what we call robbed, or Hamas, he forcibly purchased. So I say, give me your phone. I take your phone. And you say, give that back to me. I'm like, oh, here's a thousand dollars. I'm taking your phone. That's a forcible sale. They're basically stealing. Okay? Ubigneva. Or I steal undercover. Or he takes a seller from her and marries her. Mikudashas says the Brisa, it's a valid marriage. One second. We just said if you marry with something stolen, it's not a kosher marriage. Is it or is it not? Says, if that there we're dealing with it and you stole it from her. Since you steal from her and you give it back to her and you say, I read the fact that she accepts it is a proof that she says, okay, fine, you can have it. And now I'm still agreeing to marriage. It's no longer stolen. Hummingtoni Savis is Gemara. At least that we said at the end of the, of the Bryce, Aisha Chotaf Sela Mishila, or he took a Sela from her, Machal the Risha, but Gazel Baalmas again. It seems that the Risha, we're dealing with Gazel Baalmas, we're dealing with a standard case of stealing, not a case where you stole from her. So Gemara answers no. Pirushikam Afarish, there we're just explaining Kitchen because of Bahamas of Gneva. If you marry her with robbery, theft, or a forcible sale, Ketzat, for example, he grabs up from her hand with boy and he marries her with him. Top of But the Mishnah is dealing with her. What do you steal from her? Rav says you're not. It's not a valid marriage. So when you steal from her, is it a valid marriage or is it not a valid marriage? Make up your mind. And here's the two. Here's the two paths. Get ready for this. Ready. 
If I take something from a woman and give it back to her and say, Why is she taking it back from me? Is she agreeing to the marriage? Possibly. I'll tell you what else she's doing. She's thinking, great, he's giving me back the stuff that he stole. Of course I'm going to say, yeah, I'll marry you with it. You know why? Because I want it back. I don't really intend to marry you with it. I take your phone. With your phone. Fine. Now give me my phone and go home. <laughs> I to marry you. I want my phone back. Right, those are the two options. Says you want like Gasha. If they're engaged to be married, and he takes something for her and she accepts it, that's where we say it's a valid marriage. But if they're never in a conversation, you walk up to a woman on the street, you steal her purse, and she's screaming. You're like, I'll marry you, Rabbi Kadesh's leave uh, with this money in this purse. And she's like, fine. You're not married. You know why she said fine? Because she wants her money back. And she wants you to go home. Okay. Hey, so this woman, there was a woman who was cleaning off her feet. And somebody took, uh, borrowed some money from his friend and threw the money uh, towards her. And Omar Lani says to her, Mikadishli, marry me with this money that I'm giving you. Also, who gave the the Rava, and he came in front of, of Rava and Omar Rava, and she took the money. Rava said, Less the Chosh the Hodder of Shimon. Nobody agrees with their Shimon. Omar Stam Gzela Yish Bailim Have, who says, Stam Gzela uh, has Yish Bailim. Meaning, it's not a valid marriage, because again, what happened was like this Reuven and Shimon are standing next to each other. Reuven really wants to marry this girl who's washing her feet. She steals money from Shimon and throws it towards him. And she picks it up and accepts it as marriage. It's not a valid marriage because it wasn't your money. It wasn't your money. Okay. <clears throat> Another incident. We're going to go through now a few incidents. Tell the Mishnah. A couple stories. There was an Aris. An Aris is a sharecropper. What's a sharecropper? A sharecropper is somebody who works my land for ownership over a percentage of the land. The Kaddish Mamuza Damashchi, he walked over to a woman and gave her a, we'll call it a bag full of onions. Okay. Now, is it his onions or not? He's a sharecropper. He doesn't own the field. But he's going to have rights to some of the harvest. So he takes onions and he marries her with it. Before, I guess it was split. Who gave you those onions? I mean, did the owner say that those onions are going to be part of your percentage? Meaning, unless the owner tells you that it's yours, it's not yours yet, it's considered stolen and you're not married. This is only true when you have like a, a bag full of onions. If they're all tied together, he could say, I know Shakti Kisha Shkil At Kisha Kisha Ki Kisha. Which means like this. The the sharecropper, the owner doesn't have full rights to determine which onions he gets and which onions the sharecropper gets. It's an agreement. How's an agreement? Once things are wrapped up and put together, so the sharecropper tells the owner, or they say they sit down together, they say, Okay, I get this bundle, you get that bundle, I get this, I get this. So if it's already prepared to be divided, then we say if the sharecropper uses onions, that's going to be a valid marriage. Because you can always say the bundle that I took was my bundle. But just to go ahead and take random onions from the field, 
um, is is not his, and it's not going to be a valid marriage. Okay. Another incident. Ahu Sarsia. There was a Sarsia. Sarsia is a guy who makes beer. Oh, a brewer. A brewer. The Kaddish Bifruma de Shechra. So this guy was a, he was a, a what's it called? Brewer. A brewer. So this guy was a, a brewer, and he married a woman with the sediment of the <clears throat> dates that he was using to make his drink. Now, he's paid to, to brew. So the sediment is not necessarily his. It's the owner's, right? He's just paid to, to make the beer. Also, married the shikhra. The owner of the beer company came, Ashkechei, and he found him. <coughs> Excuse me. Amarlei, and he says to his worker, Amarlei Tesef, Mehai Kharifa, why are you marrying her with the sediment? Why don't you marry her, Mehai Kharifa, with something which is sharper? Marry her with something sharper than this. Okay? Now, what does it mean, sharper? He said, better. Better. He, using the, the, the schmutz of it. You use something gishmak. Also, the rabbi came in front of Rava Omar. He says, "You know what he's saying? The owner means go jump in the lake." When he says, "We want to know," when he said to the brewer, "Why couldn't you take better stuff?" Is he agreeing that the brewer could have used it for marriage and like it's his, or is he saying you're a thief? Right? You walk over somebody. Somebody took your uh, somebody took your pen. You say. Oh, why didn't why didn't you steal my wallet? You're being sarcastic. Mm-hmm. You're not saying I'm happy you took your pen and you could have taken even more. So, so too over here, since the owner came to the guy and he's like, "Go, why why don't you take better stuff?" He basically saying, "Go jump in the lake. It's not a valid marriage. You 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 married her with the sediment that's not yours. Sorry." It's considered marrying a woman with stolen goods, and it's not valid. The tiny we learned in a brayso. If let's say I do a mitzvah for you by separating chuma, you're out of town, I want to separate chuma from you. When do we say that's taka valid? I go down to your field and separate chuma on your behalf. I want to, do, I want to help you out. So if I'm suspected of stealing by separating your chuma, then it's not valid. If I'm not suspected of stealing, it is valid. And what does that mean? I, go, I separate your chuma and I'm suspected of stealing. What does that mean? Okay. Says more like this. Beautiful, beautiful. Listen close. You have a mitzvah to take chum. I know you're out of town and I want to help you out. So I go down to your field and I separate chum. You come back and you're like, Tendler, you separated my chuma, eh? Right? We're Canadian. Eh? You separated my chuma, eh? Well, let me tell you something. You couldn't take better stuff. Now, how do I know if the owner's being sarcastic or not? Maybe he's actually agreeing and he was like, oh, it's fine. You could have even done more. Yeah. Or maybe he's being sarcastic and he's saying, get off my stuff. <laughs> what are you doing? Sugar them. So the answer is like this the answer is going to be with what happens afterwards. Afterwards, after the truma is separated, when he comes back, so if there's actually better ones that could be taken, you could have taken better ones. If there's better ones, 
that means he wasn't being sarcastic. You know why? Because he's risking losing something else. He doesn't know if I'm taking him seriously or not. If there's nothing better, and he's like, oh, you couldn't take better ones? There's nothing better. That means he's being sarcastic. Now, if the owner adds on to it, if the owner adds on to it, the amount that I took, then I know he's happy. He sees the true my separated. He adds on to it. Then for sure, it's, uh, it's going to uh, be okay. Bottom line is, when somebody marries a woman with something that's not his, the owner comes along and says, you could have taken something more. We assume he's being sarcastic. And it's, uh, it's, not, a valid, uh, it's not a valid marriage. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. New mission. When somebody marries a woman with his chilek. Okay. He's marrying somebody with his chilek. What does it mean? He's makadish bechelkai. So he says, listen, I'm bringing a carbon sacrifice. I'm bringing a carbon shlomim. A shlomim offering. And every shlom offering, the owner eats some of it. So he says to the woman, I'll, I'll marry you with the part of my carbon that I get to eat. Okay? Now, you don't really own your carbon. It belongs to the Beis HaMikdash. It belongs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But you have rights to eat it. So that's where we're going to be having an added Chiddush. It's not considered a valid marriage. Why? It's not yours. It's the Rebbe Shalaylam's. You have a right to eat it. So I walk over to a woman and I say, listen, the front leg of this animal, I have rights to eat. I'm marrying you with this, says the Mishnah, you're not married. Because it, it's not yours. The front leg's not yours. I, I could eat it. I know, but it belongs to Kodesh Baruch and he lets you eat it. It's not yours. Everything belongs to Okay, good. Good. Michael's saying good. He says, I, everything belongs to Kodesh Baruch I don't have a good answer. I have an answer, but your question is going to be better than my answer. Because Lamaisa, you're right. But I'll tell you why, I'll tell you what the, what the answer is. The answer is, if everything really belongs to God's Baruch Hu, so what makes certain things holier than others? If culture is giving a permission, ability to use it. Okay, and certain things he doesn't. So over here, when there's an elevated level of Kedusha, it, it, it removes my rights from it even more. So that's going to be the real answer. But I think your question is stronger than my answer. I like your question. If you marry a woman, it's not a valid marriage. Again, Maestro Shani as well. As he brought Yerushalayim and redeemed there, doesn't belong to me. If you did a B'meizid, then it is a valid marriage because even though it's Usr, you do take ownership of it. If you did it on purpose, something that if you marry a woman, that something that belongs to the base hamikdash, If you did it on purpose, kiddush, it's like you stole from it. So now you took ownership. like kiddush because it still belongs to the base hamikdash. kiddush means like kiddush. Says the opposite. Okay, let's explain. Name of my season like Rabbi Yisrael. is not like Rabbi A person comes and he he transgresses. Again, together is Baruch Hu Shehin the Rabbis Kadshei Kalim. This includes Kadshei Kalim Shehim Amaynai. Things that have lighter levels of Kedusha are still considered his property. Divir Beisaglili. This is the Pinah of Beisaglili. Now, according to Beisaglili, something that's Kadshei Kalim, you could use part of that animal to marry a woman. Our mission seems to imply that you cannot. So our mission is not Beisaglili. To which the Gemara responds, no, our mission could be Beisaglili. If you do Tamer Beisaglili, it could be in line with Beisaglili. He come Beisaglili. What does it basically say? The Kotche Kalim is still owned by the fellow Mechayim while it's alive. Once it's shechted as a carbon, it doesn't, it's not his anymore. 
you don't consider it to be his, and therefore he'll agree in our mission, that's not a valid marriage. My time, why? Kikazachu, as soon as there was a schos, as a karban, once they're yait designed, once they fulfilled the mitzvah of karban, so they're taking now from the table of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's like Baruch Hu sharing his things with us. Take an ami, you can imply like this as well. Tani, because we learned, you see from here, that Kachay Kalim, when it's alive, is owned by the owner. Once it's shechted, it belongs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and basically will work out very well with our Mishnah. When do we say you're not married even by Kachay when you marry a woman, we'll talk about, that means, after it's shechted, because it's no longer yours. Okay. Now, we're going to quote a, uh, a uh, long and beautiful bright set. Here we go. Zog, the Gemara. Should look for a good uh, stopping point. All right, we'll, we'll go down till uh, Tanya. We'll go down till Tanya. We'll stop four lines from the bottom. Here we go. See, Reb Meir passed away. You know what happens when the Rashiva passes away? A lot of the Tamidim leave. So Reb Meir is now gone, and his students home for a new shear. Rabbi Yehuda had a different issue. Rabbi Yehuda says to his guys, when the Reb Meir students want to join our yeshiva, don't welcome them. We don't want them here. Why? Incredible. They're not going to come to be my students. You know why they're going to come to show me how smart they are and to try to find problems with all my, with all my shiurim? They're not coming to be macabre. They're coming to challenge. And there's a huge difference when you come to Rabbi Yehuda to be Makabalist Tyra, or you want to challenge his Tyra? Okay. Now, here's the deal. Every rule is meant to be broken. <laughs> it depends by who, right? You don't talk back, yeah. Sumchis was one of the prime disciples of Rabbi Meir, and Sumchis was not taking no for an answer. He wanted to learn in Rabbi Yehuda's issue. He wanted to show up. Dochak Sumchis Venichna. Sumchis pushed his way in. He got into Rebutah's Yeshiva. Omar Lehem. And Sumchis said to the Yeshiva of Rebutah, Kach Shonali Rameir, Rameir taught me, Hamakadish Bechalkai. If somebody marries a woman with his chalak of a carbon, Bein Bekotche Kotche, Bein Bekotche Kalim, like Yiddish. Kos Rebutah Lehem. Rebutah was there in the Yeshiva. And he heard Sumchis quote his Rebbe Rameir. And he got upset. Omar lahem, like Achamati lahem, didn't I tell you how you consult to be there, Rameir Khan? Don't let him in, Michigan, to run him in, because they hear it cause trouble. Here's the problem, says Rabbi Yehuda. I'll prove to you that Sumchis is here to cause problems. You know why? It's the whole thing's impossible for it to happen. Women don't go into the Azara in the first place for the fellow to be able to marry her with it. It's a good point. Because listen to this. When an animal was kachay kachim, you can never take it out yeah. of the heichel. Well, 
Women don't go there. Say, how are you ever marrying her with it? To tell me that kachay kachim cannot be used for marriage is an impossibility. You're not even dealing with practical halacha. You're just here to you're just here to cause problems. That doesn't play out practically. So why is Sumcha saying this? Amar Rabbi Yaisi. says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda, Yaimru, you're going to say Meir Shachav Rabbi Yehuda calls Yaisi Shosak." Rabbi Yaisi said, "I got to speak up over here." Because otherwise people are going to say, Reveyor passed away, Rabbi Huda got upset, and Yaisi was quiet. Meaning, I got a defender of Meir. Sumchus is quoting his deceased Rabbi, and Rabbi Huda's challenging, how could Reveyor ever say that? Says, Rabbi Yaisi, I got a, I got a defender of Meir. If I don't stand up, what's going to be the words of Tyre? I'll tell you how it's possible. Get ready for this. A woman can't go into the Azara, but guess what? A father of a minor girl could go into the Azara and accept marriage on her behalf. So the shail is, can somebody use his portion of a kachi kachin to give it to the father of a katana to, to marry her off? Also, a woman could appoint a messenger and tell a man to go accept her marriage in the Azar. Or I could say, a woman herself went. I, women aren't allowed. Okay. I've been to many places. I'm not allowed to go. What if it happens? I want to know. Is it a valid marriage? Don't get upset, Rabbi Yehuda. This is very, very practical. Period. All right, we'll hold it here. Benjamin will pick up four lines to the bottom with, uh, with Tanya. And we will start with a, uh, with a new brysa, but we're going to continue on the theme of somebody who wants to marry a woman with a part of his carbon that was born in the base of Mikdash. We'll get into the halacha of whether or not it is valid. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, everybody.